Well, good evening. Pleasure to be here with you tonight. Um, think about you all often. Uh, you know, I, Daniel's my brother, so we talk often and pray often. And, and um, so along with him comes all of you. Now, I know um, there's faces I don't recognize, and, uh, but it's beautiful to see, uh, to see you gathered here tonight because you could not be here, right? You could be somewhere else. You could be out and about. And, uh, and you know, nothing, nothing necessarily wrong with not being in church. But, but when church is gathered, when we're here as a family, this is, this is the place to be. Yeah. Yeah, this is the place to be. So let's pray. Father, we, um, we are so thankful for, for how you love us. Lord, it's, uh, you don't just leave it up to our emotions. You, you've, you've given us your word, Lord, an entire library. Lord, a love letter that's spanning 1,500 years, three continents, 40 different authors, fig pickers, all the way up to prime ministers. Lord, you spoke through them to speak to us. You love us so much that you sent this, all these amazing words, Lord, that actually mean something. Lord, your word is actually what, it, what you say it is, is truth, and that you honor it above your name. Lord, you honor it above whatever our culture thinks about you. So right now, Lord, we... We need your Holy Spirit to reveal to us what you want us to know. Lord, and that, 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 that isn't just going to come through my word choices. Lord, that is, that's you by your Spirit working in each and every one of us. So, Lord, we, I'm so excited to see what you're going to speak to me and to all of us here. And we, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So in, in 2016, there was a, there's a word, a word, a word called post-truth, and it was the most, uh, it was the word of the year according to the Oxford English Dictionary. So that's the folks in Oxford, England. They define English words. But in 2016, their, their, their word was post-truth, post-truth. So not, uh, you know, after truth, right? So post-truth differs from traditional contesting and falsifying of facts by relegating facts and expert opinions to be of a secondary importance. So I'm going to give that to you again. It's important. Post-truth differs from traditional contesting and falsifying of facts. That's different. <laughs> so it's not, it's not, you know, it's bad enough that traditional contesting and falsifying of facts is the way things are in politics and in other areas. But post-truth relegates facts and expert opinions to be of secondary importance relative to the appeal to someone's emotions, right? That's, that was the word of the year in 2016. So here were the other words real quickly, real quickly that were in the running. Adulting, that was a word that was almost their favorite. Brexiteer, so if you're, if you're English or in tune with things in Europe, that's somebody who's a fan of Britain getting out of, getting out of the EU. Chatbot. And here's my favorite, Latinx or Latinx. Latinx, relating to people of Latin American origin or descent, but, and it's a gender-neutral term or a non-binary alternative to Latino or Latina. Right? So that's how confused our culture is. That's how confused they are. La La Latinx, that was like, that, that should have been the favorite one maybe. I don't know. any case, um, one of the scriptures the Lord gave me in uh, praying for about speaking to you and, and, and sharing God's word with you tonight is out of Isaiah 66, verse 1 and 2. 
And thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you'll build for me and where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one I will look on him or her, him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. And that, and that was the word, trembling at his word. And we're taking time to, A, learn his word, right, so that we can tremble at it. We want to make it the most important thing. My brother said this morning that's been on my mind all day. It was like, you know, you know, you, you'll know what you're worshiping because that's the thing you think about all the time. Sometimes like, well, what do you worship? I don't, I don't worship. I don't, I just do what I want to do. Yeah, exactly. So people, whatever you spend your time thinking the most about, whatever you spend most of your time going after or trying to get or trying to be, that's what you worship. And one more thing, just to cement the fact that God's word really is true and really is what he said, what God says it is. Robert Dick Wilson was, uh, he knew 46 ancient languages. He was alive in the end of the 1800s and he passed away in 1930. He knew, that means fluent, read and write, 46 Semitic ancient languages. So he said these top five things, and it's great because it's like super simple. Like I was like, that's it? That's the five? Anyway, this is five. One, we know that Bible is completely trustworthy and is, is the Word of God because the Jews exist as a people. Right? That's simple. Number two, the Christian church exists, right? We're doing this, and there are billions of people doing the same thing, right? Number three, the Bible itself. We have one in all the verses you could ever think of. Number four, the appeal that the Bible still makes to millions of believers all over the world. And number five, that this Bible, it has an effect. Lord, it is produced and still produces effects in people's lives who accept it, believe it, read it, obey its precepts, and fear the God of the Bible. Those people that follow in the footsteps of the strong Son of God whom the Bible portrays. Cool, right? So there's five things. Um, turn with me, if you will, to Colossians. In the New Testament, we're going to be just kind of, um, we're not going to read the whole thing, but we are going to kind of go through the whole thing really quickly, only for one reason. Well, two. Okay, so the first reason is these letters that we're reading, these were written to real people like you and me just a few years ago, right? So they were written, they were written to be read out loud. Like when the church in Colossae got this letter that was written to them by Paul, it was designed to be, hey, read this out loud in church. And you can read the whole thing in about 10, 10 15 minutes, maybe a little bit longer. And there were letters that, that Paul talks about in Colossians. There was a letter to the Laodiceans, and we don't have that letter. You know, God preserved this one. Um, so I'm gonna, we're going to cover a lot of ground. It might, it might be a little, a little like, what is he talking about? But I really want you to ask the Lord to open your eyes, right? Because it's not just me teaching. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, and that's the most important thing. So just turn to Colossians chapter 2, verses, let's go with 2 and 3. And so this is the main point of Paul writing this letter to these Christians that he never met. So writing from prison, he was burdened for them, and he wanted them to know some really important things. And in verse 2 of Colossians chapter 2. If you've got your Bibles, you can get there. He says, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, 
and attaining to all the riches of full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say in verse 4, I say this, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. Right? And then down in verse 8, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy, empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world. Right? So that's why he's writing. He doesn't want people to be deceived. The Lord doesn't want you to be deceived. He wants you to be, to be very clear about who he is and then who you are. You know, in this letter and in a number of the letters, the word you is used like 40 times. And, and, and in, in this letter, you will, you will read some of the most beautiful things about Jesus that there is, exists in Scripture. And I'm not going to get deep into that because I want you to, what I want us to focus on is, is because of who Jesus is, who are you? Right? Who are you? Who are you in Christ? You know, when the culture says, gee, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what the most important word is, post-truth or Latinx or chatbot, hmm, right? That's kind of ridiculous. There are a lot of more important words than chatbot, right, and post-truth. So, um, I just want to jump back to the beginning of the letter, and, and in the first eight verses, you just got this beautiful introduction. Um, it's really long. They tend to have really long sentences, and I'm not going to read the whole thing but I do want to call your attention. I do want to call your attention to, where are you? There you are in verse 4. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So because Paul heard from Epaphras what God was doing in these Christians, that's why he wrote them a letter. Now, Paul's in prison, and he wrote other letters in prison, right? So if a guy's, if, you're, if you were in prison and, you, and you, like feel, you felt really impressed to write somebody something, you would probably get right to it, right? You're not going to say, hey, how's the kids? What's the weather like? You're not chit-chatting. You know, you're not, uh, hey, what's a chatbot? I heard about that. You're not. You know, you know it's, he's going to get right to the main point. So he's, he's writing, and, and then he starts to pray in verse 9. He says, for this reason, you know, because, because God's at work in them in Colossae, because, because, because God's at work and these people are walking by faith. And, and this is, this, by the way, this is three decades after Jesus rose from the dead. This is 30 years down the line. I've, been, I've known the Lord a little more than 30 years. So I'm like... And I'm, I'm reading through this letter, and I'm like, wow, this is like for me. It says you a lot, and I've, been, I've known the Lord for about 30 years. So I felt like it was really personal for me, and I had a wonderful time going through these things. But, but in verse 9, he says, for this reason also, since the day we heard it, we don't cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be, one, filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So... If I know that Paul is praying for Christians, which includes me, includes you, and what he's praying, what he's praying is really important. You know, I want to know God's will, right? We all want to know what he wants, wants from, with our lives. You know, some of the things uh, that my brother, you know, was speaking of this morning was just beautiful. You know, knowing your destiny. You know, depending on what God's word says about you and about how life is, not on what the news says. 
right? Not on the Oxford English Dictionary. Give me a break. Like, they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, I'm not putting them down. It's, it's, it's great. But, but they're all post-truth. So it doesn't really matter what words you use because truth and facts, all that doesn't matter, right? So that's our culture. There was um, uh, an atheist named David Berlinski wrote a book called the, the, Devil, the Devil's Delusion. So there was a book that came out a few years ago called God, The God Delusion, right? The, the Rabid Atheist. They wrote a, he wrote a book, I think it was Dawkins, called The, the God Delusion. So this is an, an atheist. He happens to be Jewish, and he's a scientist, and he wrote a book called The Devil's Delusion, Atheism and Its Scientific Pretensions. And this is what he says. Has anyone provided proof of God's inexistence? Not even close. Has quantum cosmology explained the emergence of the universe or why it is here? Not even close. Have our, science, have our scientists explained why our universe seems to be so fine-tuned as to allow for the existence of life? Not even close. Are physicists and biologists willing to believe in anything so long as that's not religious thought? Close enough. Has rationalism and moral thought provided us with an understanding of what is good, what is right, and what is moral? Not close enough. Has secularism in the terrible 20th century been a force for good? Not even close to being close. Is there a narrow, oppressive orthodoxy in the sciences? Close enough. Does anything in the sciences or their philosophy justify the claim that religious belief is irrational? Not even in the ballpark. Is scientific atheism a frivolous exercise in intellectual contempt? Dead on. Right? So, so that's our culture. Not scientific aspect of it, but what, what you kids are getting in school, um, well, if you're in the public school system, you know, you, you're, not, you're not hearing the truth about life and about how things are. You know, and if for you homeschool kids or anybody, that ho anybody that's homeschooled, you can, you can thank God for your parents. They, they want, the truth matters. They want, and they want you to know the truth. Okay, so we're going to pick it back up in Colossians, and um, in verse 15, some really important things about Jesus. Actually, back it up uh, for you. In, uh, in verse 11, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and longsuffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father, was quali qualified us to be partakers of of the inheritance of the saints in the light, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us or transferred us, moved us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So the forgiveness of sins, if there's one thing I want you to walk away with tonight, that is the most important thing in life. Living, living a sinful lifestyle or a persistent, persisting in your sin even when you've got the Holy Spirit after you and friends are asking you, hey, is, are you okay? Everything all right? They're looking at you like something's wrong. And you're like, no, no, everything's fine. You know, when people are after you and they're asking you, that, that, that's, a dangerous, that's a dangerous place to be. God's blessing came to us through Jesus first. You know, later, later he says, um, it's in chapter 3. Uh, where is it? Lord, help me. There it is in verse 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, 
sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on this earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Just talking about your, just your natural way of living. You know, we all have drives. We, you know, we all need to breathe air, right? We all need food. We all need sleep. We all need certain things. But when those, when those natural drives drive you, you know, when that's what's on your mind all the time, how to satisfy the, the things that God built into you, if that's all you're after, then you're missing it. Moving on to, uh, where are we? In verse 15 of chapter 2. So again, remembering that, that the main goal is that our hearts would be encouraged, that, that we, would, we would have the riches of full assurance of understanding. So, so it's important to understand, right? He, Paul uses this word knowledge a lot, and I'm using words to talk to you and call your attention to things that God wrote in his word. Right, but that, that's, that's not merely academic, right? You homeschool kids, when you get really tired of all those words that you're having to read and write down, right? It's not just about absorbing and processing information through your eyes. They're the Holy Spirit, you know, Jesus talk, told us the Holy Spirit would do what? Lead us into all truth, right? He's, you know, truth is revealed. And God's got all the truth. God's not post-truth. God's like all the truth all the time. So his word... His word is, is the truth that we, need to be, that we need to be focusing on. I love, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm on staff at a Calvary Chapel church, and, um, and many of you might know, you may not know, but Calvary Chapel is a different style of ministry. Things happen differently in a service, so um, it's, a little cal- it's a little calmer, right? And, it's a, and um, so but what, what I love about coming here is, A, I'm not working, for me, this is a vacation. <laughs> but my brother, is, he's oozing the Bible. Like, no, he does. You can hear. And if, and if, you, can, if you can't hear, just listen close. He's got the Bible coming out uh, of, his, of, of his actions and everything he does. And, um, and now I'm not trying to lift him up. I'm just saying you've got a pastor that, that takes God's word, God's word very seriously. And the reason our, 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 our culture, our country is in the problems it's got. It's because it doesn't take God's word seriously. And now it doesn't take like any words very seriously. It's all like post-truth. Yeah, well, I'm over that, right? Right. So, but unfortunately, you know, that's led to the confusion that's in our culture. Are you a man or a woman? Well, I don't know. Well, actually, there's more choices than that. You know, and, and, and it's just not that complicated. It just isn't. If you, ever, if, you're ever, if you ever get confused about important things in life, open your Bible. Open your Bible. Just read. Say, Lord, talk to me. Lord, this isn't making sense. I'm having trouble understanding what the full assurance, what does riches of full assurance understanding mean anyway? That's like, I don't get all those words. But you know one thing. It's the riches. I want riches. I want riches. I want to be rich. The full assurance Full assurance? Well, listen, now, you know what I don't want? I don't want to be partially assured. You know, I might go to heaven, but I'm not sure. Now, I've, I've got, I, I know people that were raised in other traditions 
that use the Bible and talk about Jesus sometimes and the cross, and, and they're not sure. They don't know. Well, I hope so. If I do enough good works. Muslims, they're not sure. They got to they gotta do enough good works to outweigh their bad. But I'm sorry, you can't keep track of all the bad things you do or the good things. You're losing count. They're, they're counting steps to the mosque. And so some of the, I've heard stories. They'll go to the mosque on the other side of town because that's, they've got to walk four miles. Every step is righteousness. So, but he has no idea. Anyway. So. So it's a full assurance. Full assurance of understanding. The knowledge of the mystery of, of God and of, of the Father and of Christ. That's just the first two verses of chapter 2. And um, I want to get back to this point about being deceived with persuasive words. So, so, so Paul's writing so that the Colossians aren't deceived. There were all kinds of, um, there was these guys called the Gnostics, and then you had people that were just, they wanted to do Judaism and the synagogue plus Jesus on the cross. They want to combine things. And they were making things for the Colossians very confusing. Um, but, but in verse 6, he, Paul makes it really, really simple. As you, therefore, have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So if that's all you remember, that's it. How did, how, so how did we receive Christ Jesus as Lord? How do we do that? We, we made from this morning, we made what? Choices, right? Right. You know, God was talking to us. God, God was speaking to me, putting his finger in my chest and saying, hey, that's wrong. I was like, hey, wow, who are you? Like God showed up in my life. My wife had been sharing the gospel with me. And I've been thinking about this for weeks. I had, my, I had the finger of the living God in my chest, gently, firmly, but gently. He said, hey, you're out of line. I was like, oh, okay. I'm out of line. And like for the first time in my life, I was agreeing with God. I was like, oh, my gosh, God's talking to me, talking to me like he's really real. You know, and I'd memorized chapters of the Bible. I went to a beautiful Christian college prep school, saved my life. But I didn't know that God was real, like, like we're looking at each other real. I mean, I've never visually seen Jesus with my eyeballs, never. But I've had elders lay hands on me, and I've been lifted off the ground, and, and completely, like I was, in another, I was in another world, in a church that I'd never been in before. I just knew that God wanted to talk to me, and, and whenever God wants to talk to me, my flesh goes, yeah, well, you know, you don't need to do that. Whenever, whenever, um, whenever I was like, oh, yeah, you know, you know that already. That is from hell. That is my pride, right? So anyway, you know, when the Lord puts his finger on something in your life, you just need to go, okay, you're right. Like what you think, you know, don't be post-truth. Don't, don't take what, what God's doing in your life as like a feeling or, gosh, I don't know. You got to make some choices when you hear that. When you, hear, when you hear God talk to you. So, so really, really important. As you received, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, God talking to you, and we're doing that by faith, right? When my wife's telling me, no, Jesus is really real, and he wants you to come to him, he said so. What do you mean he said so? Yeah, Matthew chapter 11, right at the end. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And I was, I was tired. I had been trying to, to just to make it. 
I didn't, I didn't, I, I I didn't want to live, but I wasn't going to take my life because I screwed that up. It would be a real, it would be like be worse. And worse was, couldn't handle worse. Couldn't handle it. So I was like, wow, I want, I want that. I want, to, I want to be able to go to somebody anytime, anywhere and, and get the rest. Come to me. And I was like, okay, I, I want to come to Jesus. I want that. So it was, you know, he, he worked in each of our lives, each one of us in this room. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, there was a point where he came to you personally and said, hey, come, come here. Well, let's talk. And you, and you were listening. You were tuned in. He had your attention, right? I don't know what the circumstances were, but he had your attention. And you were like desperate for him. You want, like, yeah, come, I want rest. I need rest. And the only place, the only place soul rest is, rest for your spirit, rest forever, right, is Jesus. I mean, he, he, he loved you so much that he, he died on the cross. You know, and when, when, when we came to faith, it was really simple. I remember when I was born again. It was like waking up from a nightmare. I was like, oh, my gosh, you're, you're real? No way. It was crazy. So, so. When this says, as, as you, therefore, have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So how do we receive him? By faith. And it was pretty simple. I mean, I don't know what circumstances you were in, but it was really clear when you said, I, I, want, I want that. I want to be born again. I don't like just being born once. It hurts. It's difficult. It's hard. I'm making stupid choices. I don't want to be stupid, but I'm stupid. So help me. Right? So he helped me. He helped me. He helped me. I mean, when I when I told Daniel, "Hey, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you one more time. I'm going to tell you. You got to tell people one more time. No matter what you think about how many times they've heard it, it does not matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You told him yesterday. They're post truth. You've got neighbors that are post truth. You've got people. They are just lost as lost can be. And you know what? You don't need to explain the gospel. I'm sure one of the things you're going to learn. And, and uh, what's the thing on Tuesday? Trans- yeah, King's Army. Right. So one of the things you're going to learn, you just need to tell, you need to proclaim. Right? You just need to tell them. Jesus loved, God loves you, and Jesus died for your sins. If you can, if you can say those two things, boom. Because I'll tell you what, the divine appointments that are waiting in your community, there are, there are people out there that God has assigned that are waiting for you to tell them that God loves them and Jesus died for their sins. Just say that. How long does that take to say? Seconds, right? That can mean life to somebody. It's so important that you not hold back. Get into that army. Well, you know what? You're in the army anyway. If you're a Christian, you're in the army. If you're not a Christian, you're not in the army. So if you're in, you're in the army, so just get busy because time is short. I mean, I don't want to scare you, but I have friends that know things. The Cold War is on. The submarines, it is, it is crazy. The people that know too much, they are not sleeping at night. The world is, the world's nuts. All the players from Ezekiel 38, they're on the field. They are on the field. I mean, we have an embassy in Jerusalem. What, are you kidding me? That's crazy, right? That, I, I love our president for that one thing alone. I may not dig his tweets, and I may not, I may not dig how kind of blah, blah, blah he can be, but I'll tell you what. My president put it, the embassy in Jerusalem. There's a blessing. We'll be blessed. As long as we back that nation, we're going to be blessed, right? There's a promise. Okay. Let's get to, um, here's the really important thing. How much time do I have? Okay. In chapter 3, verse 1, I didn't look at my watch. 
So, in chapter 3, verse 1, I don't want to keep it too late. It's been a beautiful, long day. But here's the important thing. If you then, if then you were raised with Christ. So as a Christian, you are raised with Christ. But you can say, I'm not in the heavens. Well, your body's not, right? But in eternity future, if you belong, if you're a son or a daughter of the Most High God, this little, this little walk through the world, it, this is short. Forever. Heaven is forever. And, and if, if then you were raised with Christ, and you were if you're a Christian, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind, right? That's choices. You've got, to, you've got to set your mind. God's not doing that for you. He's given us some, he's given us some great stuff to set our minds on, right? Right? Your Bible, His Word. You've got classes to take. You've got pastors that, that read and speak the Bible, live the Bible, and dance the Bible. I mean, no, really. Think about that. It's beautiful. So you want to set your mind on those things. But that's stuff you've got to do. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Like, don't let your body drive you. What kind of choices are you, what kind of choices are you making? But then he goes on in, in, verse, in verse 8, he continues. But in verse 12, and here we'll, we'll, uh, we'll close with this. Therefore, as the elect of God, so God chose you. He ele- he, he ele- you're elected by him. If you, hold, if you don't hold an office anywhere, if you do nothing of any kind of public significance, the king of the universe chose you, right? He's destined you for heaven, no matter what. Like, you can't, you, can't, you can't stop that. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. And, and the, rest of, the rest of the chapter, he just kind of gives details. But in verse 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you do for your wife, in word or in deed, do it in the name of Jesus. Whatever you do for your husband, do it in the name of Jesus. Whatever you do for your kids, I'm training my kids in the name of Jesus. I'll tell you, if your kids know you're, they're, they're, they're being managed and led and educated and trained by somebody who loves Jesus, it'll all be great. They may not like it, but they know, they know you love them. So whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus as you drive in the traffic and get cut off by that guy. Right? Who read your bumper sticker because he passed you going really fast. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus. Come on up, my brother. Why don't you pray for us, Pastor John? Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Yes. Just receive. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the encouragement that we've received tonight. We thank you, Lord, that that we can know that we are fully assured, Lord, as we understand the gospel, and that 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 is your richest for us. Lord, anybody can make money. Lord, we can, we've always got time to make money. We've always got time. But Lord, we, um, we need to continually be fully assured that we know that Jesus loves me. Hallelujah. Jesus loves me, this I know. For what? For the Bible tells me so. Lord, we need to know you. We can't know you on our own. We can't just read a book and, and, oh my goodness, I have all the right information. So Lord, please, 
you would touch. Lord, touch young minds. Lord, please, have your way with us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us. Help us to know you. Help us to want to know you. Lord, help us not to doubt your word. Lord, help us to make choices. Help us to keep walking with you and to tell others. Lord, there are people that don't know you. There are people that are dying in pain. There are people that can't sleep at night and they need drugs to sleep. There's nothing wrong with taking drugs. If you've got biomedical problems, it's all good. But, but Lord, there are people that don't know you. So please, Lord, touch them. Pray for healing in, in physical bodies tonight, people that are in pain. Lord, if your left arm's bothering you, God wants to touch you. Lord, please, if you've got, if you've got a hip, Lord, if you've got older bodies, Lord, anybody can be young. Lord, we get old and it just hurts. So I pray you just touch people tonight. Lord, touch your children. Lord, we're your sons and daughters. We're your bride. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you look at us, you look at us as your inheritance. Not only do we get heaven, you get us. Wow. You get us. Lord, he's going to get us someday for real. Lord, we're going to be resurrected, and we thank you. We look forward to that time, but between now and then, Lord, we need you. So touch us and have your way here tonight. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Here's what we're going to do. Um, I think, we think it was over an over a year ago, John, Pastor John, you came with uh, another brother in Christ and gave a week of your time, took vacation, came and put our radio station on the air in Naknek, uh in the Bristol Bay. It is broadcasting now to what I'm told over 10,000 people during the fishing season, which is winding down, but it has been a powerful force for the gospel there in uh, Naknek and was talking to Pastor Timothy. And uh, they had a hard, a hard fishing season in the Bristol Bay, and the fish just didn't quite run the way that everybody had hoped. Some seasons are like that. But he said that radio station, Pastor, is just blasting the gospel all over the place. It's on boats and vessels and fishing tenders. It's all over. And um, when last you came through during that time, we really didn't have an opportunity to give uh, towards the radio station, towards the hard work that they did. So we're going to do that right now. All right, so ushers, would you help us out? And uh, amen. Ushers, would you help us? Yeah, this is to go and just to honor Pastor John and preaching tonight and for the hard work that they did over a year ago now. We have an opportunity to bless them. And Glory to God. Let me say this about education. Um, Thank God for those who know the Lord and are bringing the good news of Jesus into the public schools. I think about your daughter, Hope, and how God set that girl on fire and put her in a public school and she led Bible programs and all kinds of stuff. And it's still growing, it's still happening. And if you're in public school and that's the way the, the Lord has led your family, then you serve God with your hair on fire and you make an impact. And when you're walking past those uh, schools around the corner, where's my youth at? All right, all right, all right. Don't you walk past that one that looks depressed or they look, you know, they look like they're off. Don't, don't you ostracize people, you reach out. You don't know when they're on their very last threat. Amen.
So whether you go to homeschool or you're going to public school, you do it all under the Lord. Amen? The key to all of that is obeying God. I know we've got single parents and stuff, and it's hard to do all of that. Maybe you go to Christian school or public school or whatever, but amen, you just serve God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Stay undefiled in the midst of a crooked and a depraved generation. Hold out the word of God. Hold out the word of truth and shine like stars in the firmament. Amen? Invade the culture. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Ushers, would you come? If you're giving electronically tonight, we'd encourage you to do that. Father, we thank you for uh, Pastor John and the ministry of his family. Lord, to us here tonight, as well as their, their time and sacrifice and act of love to put the radio station on the air months ago. We pray, Lord, that you would bless this gift to the giver as well as multiply it even a hundredfold in Jesus' name. Bring about a tremendous harvest as we sow. And Lord, thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Usher's good.
crazy. We do something a little crazy. All you, all you, line up one line all the way across the front. Quick, quick, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Get in line all the way up to the stairs. While they're doing that, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, He's calling you. He says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's hard. It's hard to not have Christ. It's very hard. Hard is the way of the transgressor. I've heard people say it's hard to be a Christian. No, no. This isn't hard. Hard is living without Him. Hard is not knowing it. Hard is not having rest. Hard is not being fully assured. That's what hard is. With every head bowed, every eye closed, those online tonight, all across this place, in the closing moments of this service, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I implore you, I plead with you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled unto God. There is a hell to be shunned and a heaven to be gained, and He's calling you by name right now. Your heart beating within your chest is God Himself putting His finger upon you saying, come, come to me, come, repent, come to me, start over, begin again, recommit your life. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment or just to be assured, that's you. Pray this right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and wash me, cleanse me, be my Lord, be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Give me a hunger for your word, a hunger for the things of God. Help me to fulfill all the purpose you have for me. Amen. Lift your hands all across this place. Holy Spirit, I pray, fill and touch. This is how I fight my Be filled battle. right now. This is how I fight my Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to quickly lay hands on you with the team. All you youth, look at me. Let me see all your eyeballs. We'll see the whites of your eyes all the way down. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Look, look. Y'all looking? I want to see everyone here. What's up? You're a good-looking group. When hands are laid on you, I want you to turn around and go pray for some people. Now you're like, oh, Jack, I can't do that. Then that's all right. You just stay and pray. But if you got it in you like that, just go touch and agree on a few people's shoulders and we're going to close in prayer. You ready? This is how I... Holy Spirit! This is how I find my Release your power. Come on, help me pray. This is how I find Release your fire.
on to the next one. Invite somebody, come Tuesday night, 6.30, learn to reach out, learn how to win the lost. Tuesday night, we've got an amazing, uh, amazing ministry called Team, called Transformations. If you know somebody that's struggled with life-controlling problems, addiction, or that kind of thing, or has a heart for those, those folks, which are many, there's an epidemic. We're overcoming that epidemic with the power of the name of Jesus. People being set free. Don't miss Tuesday night. Awesome. Let's pray. Anna, would you lead us? Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you so much for your goodness. I thank you for your faithfulness, Lord God. I thank you that there's nobody like you, that there's nobody beside you. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and the praise. I thank you for all the breakthrough that we have had this week, Lord God. Every life that you touch, every life that you change, every youth, Lord God. And for this next week, Lord God, even as you're going to move in our children, I ask that you would continue to release breakthrough, that you would continue to release victory, Lord God. And I ask that you would bless your people right now, that you would cause your face to shine upon them, and that you would lift your countenance upon them. Be gracious to them and give them peace. And I thank you for what you are doing. In the name of Jesus, amen.